I'll just keep going. It's fine. Let's set it. To another episode of Anger Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. I hope you're all continuing to stay safe and healthy, and maybe more importantly, engaged. We're in this time where the global community is all ears and all focused when it comes to police brutality and racial injustice, and that's really a crucial moment for all of us to be in. I've seen so many demonstrations, fundraisers, petitions, um, people raising money for bailout funds, uh, so much, and all of it's circulating. In everything that's out there, many of us have focused on those created by black voices. See, it's important that we continue to let this community that has faced centuries of injustice take the lead here they're hurting and it's our job to stand with them in this time where real change is being affected whether you're contacting legislators or on the streets marching you're helping force our country's leadership to act on racial injustice and maybe not just our country but other countries too which is incredible and so important i'm so happy to see so much sharing of black artists and creatives in this time it's important for us to remember that We need to be a part of just not moments of pain, but of joy and love for the black community. See, with the podcast platform, we shared over 125 black artists over social media on Bandcamp Day. And from my perspective, that's the most incredible moment I've experienced in almost four years of podcasting. To me, it's so important to share black artist work 
but it's all the more crucial to make sure that we buy it to get these bands consistently booked on show lineups, to push festivals to book these bands, to hire black and other people of color in media and promotion roles, in booking and photography, and to make sure we're engaged in this conversation constantly. Ally is both a noun and a verb. We can call ourselves allies or co-conspirators all day, but we also have to take action too. That's what it really means. I hope you've all found new artists to support, not just in moments of pain, but in times of joy, too. We need to celebrate Black voices as often as we express solidarity with them. They need to be a part of the conversation all the time. It's important to remember that we all have a role in making our communities inclusive and equitable. We're always learning and growing. I learned so much in conversations I've had with friends and in incredible discussions like Imani LA's racism in punk slash alternative stream. Actually, one of the pod alumni and friend, uh, Courtney Coles, moderated the panel, which was so incredible to watch. This talk really gave a platform for Black voices in our music community, and all the speakers emphasized the importance of how we as a community need to acknowledge and embrace Black folks in our scene. We need to stop minimizing their identities and instead celebrate them. We need to help create platforms and spaces that allow us to celebrate differences and, in turn, continue to educate others on them. Because we all have different experiences and identities. We need to be open to them, we need to accept and embrace them, and we need to continue to uplift them. And to me, there's nothing more punk than creating a meaningful community. So let's keep at it. So speaking of meaningful communities, let's move into this week's guests. I'm joined by members of Alien Book Club, who have formed a band full of supportive and creative songwriters. Anita and Andrea both started their band hoping to get strong, talented voices involved, and everyone not only delivered, but connected, too. Alien Book Club joins this week to share how they formed, their unique songwriting style, their love of Frank Zappa, and more. So let's hear more Alien Book Club and then get into the interview. Yeah. 
Well, welcome, Anita and Andrea, to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are you both doing today? Doing pretty well. Yeah, doing well. That's good to hear. Are you both staying safe and healthy in, uh, in St. Paul? Yes, we are. Doing well over here. Yeah. That's good to hear. That's so good to hear. And it's so exciting to be able to be able to chat with you right now because you have an EP coming out very, very soon. In fact, I think it'll be out by the time folks hear this. So congratulations. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so you. much. I am so excited to be able to just get into it with y'all. So let's do it. Um, so tell me, when did you first begin to play music? Um, like as a band or as people? Let's start with as people. Okay. Um, I started with uh, piano back when I was like 12. I was just kind of um, dinking around on the piano, coming up with stuff. My parents were like, well, let's put her in piano lessons. And it's a horrible idea because I hated piano lessons. But um, so then I moved to drums and joined a couple of bands, but not very good at drums. And I picked up guitar like probably like 10 years ago um, and then kind of stuck with that. Um, <clears throat> my grandma started to teach me piano when I was really little and I really liked it. So I got piano lessons and I actually liked piano lessons <laughs> and I've been doing choir and then I played violin for about 13 years. And um, I picked up bass a couple years ago just so that we could kind of jam together and I ended up joining the band. <laughs> That's amazing. I love to hear that. Um, I'm kind of curious because I think everybody kind of has that like it band that gets them like really motivated and excited to play music. W what band was that for you as you were like learning to play music that got you just like hooked? Um, first it was Green Day. Nice. That was like, the first band that I was like, wow, these songs are really, really catchy. I love this. And then <laughs> um, it was probably the Beatles, followed by Bob Dylan. And then for the last like four years, it's been Frank Zappa. Nice. I love that. Um, <clears throat> for me, let's see. The first thing I remember really getting into was the Ramones. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, I got really into like Weezer and Steve Miller. And then um, the thing that actually really kind of kicked me in gear for learning to play bass was we were watching an anime called Hokkaido Tea Time. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Um And it's like about these girls having a band and they actually just have really, really good, fun music. And that really just kind of got me going. That's so cute. It's funny because I maybe it's the same one you're referring to, but I think I saw recently on Netflix there's like an anime with that premise and stuff that looks really good. It's just got added to Netflix. Yeah. I yes. highly recommend it out. If you ever want to understand Alien Book Club, watch k Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do that. Like adding it to my to-do list for sure because we have so much time to binge things and I yeah. think that would be fantastic. I'm definitely checking it out. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Let me know what you think. Absolutely. I'll, I'll definitely write y'all for sure. Um, <laughs> so, like, tell me about how actually Alien Book Club started. Um, well, it started as, uh, it's kind of a funny story. It started as uh, a band called Wilt Champion and the Dropout. Sorry, that's my coffee maker. Um, <laughs> but it started as a band called Wilt Champion and the Dropout. And uh, this was before I transitioned. And uh, it was kind of just put together because there was another band before that um, that had a show. And then bass just decided enough with the band. So we had to quickly form another band, which gave him the dropouts to, to fill the spot. Um, eventually, some things changed. Some things changed about <laughs> how I see myself and uh, how I um, identify. and. Ultimately, we decided to change the name to Alien Book Club. So I guess you could say it really started that that first surprise show back in 2016. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so a, a long time ago. But uh, <laughs> we really started to play like more shows and release music regularly, probably about a year ago. That's amazing. Um, how do you feel like your approach to songwriting has changed from like? Uh, 2016 with even that previous band up until now? Um, the, 
the songs have definitely gotten more complex. So, you know, when the band first started, it was just, um, it was, we were living in a cabin at the time. So it was just Andrea and I, and um, I just had this little tape machine and I would just overdub for hours upon hours and upon hours every day. And so the songs were really um, singer songwriter very, very basic, very simple, only things that I could do. And then Andrea would fill in sometimes. And um, the songs have kind of been turned into these larger or orchestral sort of projects. Mm -hmm. Now that we have a six piece. And certainly with this new EP, um, the fact that we, we can't play um, shows has kind of caused us to do impossible things with the recording process that we couldn't replicate live. Um, so I'd say it's probably the biggest change in the songwriting is the fact that I have to write for six people now. <laughs> That's amazing that you can though. And there's so many unique parts, especially to the newer music. Yeah. And it, to be fair, it's not all me. They, they, <laughs> I, I, I kind of mostly just serve as like a ringleader. It's kind of like a circus. Sure. Um, where, you know, I'm like, Play something like this. No, not that. More like this. More like this. <laughs> I just keep yelling at them for like 30 minutes until I get it. And works out well. <laughs> <laughs> you do what you got to wrangle everybody. And when you've got at least six people involved, it's definitely um, an exciting challenge. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Well, I got to ask this for sure. Like, how did you land on Alien Book Club as a name? <laughs> um well we were definitely like we need a new name book champion and the dropouts is too much to remember <laughs> for starters um and we're just kind of like thinking about things that we really liked and thinking about maybe if you could come up with like a good reference or something and um <clears throat> there was some kind of like robot something gang i don't know we were watching futurama mm -hmm. and um we just like kind of changed some of the words around and just like the sound of it and the fact that it was abc and it's just we just liked it and it just stuck <laughs> just a nice phrase of words that go together yeah. it doesn't really mean anything yeah <laughs> i we love that though <laughs> <laughs> i love that though it's honestly i think the name's like super cute and um, me being a bit of like a space opera geek and stuff, I was immediately intrigued in that sense because I'm just like, oh, yes, I love aliens and I love books. This is perfect. <laughs> and then I felt like I went on like almost an otherworldly adventure listening to your music anyhow. So it was perfect. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, the more the name, the more time has gone by, the, the more we feel like the name actually really fits yeah. and the more, the more and more I appreciate it. Absolutely. If anything, I feel like, um, like, I think otherworldly might be the best way I can describe your music because there's so much going on there. I can tell there's such a variety of influence. Can you try to describe your sound for me and for our listeners? Um, I would say that it's, <laughs> it's, it, it definitely is hard to describe. I, I, um, but it's, it's indie punk with um, influences of jazz and Prog rock, um, with an emphasis on humor. I love it. It's it's so and, true. Yeah, that sounds really <laughs> pretentious when I say it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's just a lot of different stuff going on, and it. Um, there's lots of conscious choices that we made to um, try to confuse the listener and. Mm. Uh, throw them for a spin and, you know, catch them off guard. Um, you know, I, I, we try to make the, the, the question of what genre are you a hard question to answer. Mm -hmm. I love that. I feel like you actually perfectly exemplify that in one of the new songs, Jimmy Butler. Oh, Thanks. my God. Um, <laughs> like, I, I can't, I can't. I normally wait till later in the interview to start talking about songs specifically, but that one was just like epitome of what you just described because it's like, I feel like at times there's almost like surf punk vibes, but then we get this teasing sax at the end <laughs> and then you just leave me hanging, cut me off. And I'm just like, whoo. And I just find myself almost putting that song on loop just so that way I can like really soak that in. Was that, I'm assuming that was completely intentional. Yeah, yeah. I really wanted the songs to um, 
be re-listenable. Like, I, I didn't want you to catch everything um, the first listen through. Because uh, I love music that does that, that I'm, you know, one thing I love about Frank Zappa is that his music has elements to it that even though I've been listening to it pretty much nonstop for three years, mm-hmm. I still find all these little intricacies and these little connections and things that I never heard before. And so um, we, we definitely tried to do that. I think it really shines on Shane Butler. 100% because I feel like every time I'm, my ear is gravitating towards something different and that makes it very exciting as a listener. Oh, I'm glad that comes through. <laughs> totally. Um, you know, you mentioned like Frank Zappa, for example, as like somebody who's kind of like been somebody who grabs your ear um, frequently in that sense. I'm kind of curious and I'm sure every band member, of course, would have a different answer. But like, who are some of your influences when it comes to writing for Alien Book Club? Um, definitely Frank Zappa, uh, bands like Pavements. Um, I love Stephen Mountless. I think he's just a genius. Best, he's just 90s Zappa in my opinion. And, um, I really love just that, like, uh, slacker mentality, which I think we, we kind of bring to the music a little bit. Um, and, I don't know, local music in the, in the Twin Cities scene um, really inspires us. There's a really beautiful scene here in the, in the cities, and um, I don't think a lot of people really appreciate it. And so one thing that the, the EP kind of tries to do is take influence from our peers um, and, you know, steal little motifs from them in ways. Uh, maybe they'll notice that shows will be funny. <laughs> That sounds amazing. And it's so great because I feel like y'all have a great scene up there because I've I've talked to, I feel like several bands lately that are from like Minnesota and like that whole region. And it's been amazing to hear like the variety that exists there in your space. Yeah. And I, I, that variety is really what I appreciate probably the most that you can go to any punk house, any given night and see four completely different bands that are equally amazing. And you know, before quarantine, it really was like any night. And uh, it was so special. Yeah, so many shows all <laughs> over the cities. There's so many DIY houses here. It's incredible. And there's always a show to go to. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds like heaven. I feel like I'm almost like salivating a bit just because it's been so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds like heaven. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm kind of curious, can you tell me about some of your first shows as like Alien Book Club and like um, it can be either like from the beginning or maybe even with like your most recent lineup and how's that been for you? Um, some of the first Alien Book Club shows were absolute bombs. Like um, I remember one specifically, we played at one of the, like the the hottest uh, DIY houses at the time in like 2016. And um, there was a crowd full of people. It was absolutely packed in the basement. And like four songs in, everyone was gone. <laughs> and we just, we, we, we completely bombed it. We had another guitarist at the time and he quit the very next day. It was just oh my so gosh. And um, I'll, I'll always just remember that performance. Uh, as being just one of the first ADC shows. And then, um, you know, now shows, uh, the first shows of like our, our, when we finally got our saxophonist, um, we were kind of established as, as a bit of a punk band before that. Um, and I don't think we were really mixing the keys well, but when we got Allison, we started focusing more on bringing out those key parts and using the guitars sparingly. Um, then <laughs> that's when it kind of just like the, the light was switched and we weren't just like a punk band anymore. Then we're this, you know, n- nice new indescribable thing. And, and um, I can't really name a specific show where that happened, but I would say right about the time Allison came there. That's so special. And I feel like um, you all do a great job. It seems like highlighting the people who are in your band and what they bring to it. I love that I, when I was like learning more about you and stuff, I went on Facebook and I saw that you did like these really cool posts about each of the band members and kind of giving like goofy anecdotes about them and stuff. And I thought that was so special. Um, 
what is it that you really love about everybody and what made you decide, hey, let's show off everybody in our band? I cannot wait to answer this question. I love my <laughs> bandmates so much. I really do. Um, like, I, I don't know. I really think that they're the best at what they do in, in the cities. Like, I genuinely believe that Amber is the best guitarist in the Twin Cities. I don't think anyone's better than her. She constantly amazes me every day. She's developing techniques of guitar that no one's ever done before. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I met her, she had never played slide guitar. I handed her a slide and I'm like, play this. And she just did it. Wow. She didn't know how to do tapping. She learned how to do it just for this band. And so her tenacity and just um, <laughs> unbelievable talents is, is what I like most about her. Um, same thing with Meek, uh, our keyboardist. He um, has a bit of a more like jazz background. I uh, went to like a artsy school um, and just amazes me with like the, the parts he can just he comes over to like record or something and I'm like all right I got this like three hour block make let's let's like knock out these two tracks and I let him start recording and like 30 minutes later he's done perfect take and like he's just he's he's so you know shit out good parts and I love him that, <laughs> that so much. um Allison you know really brings really made us from going just, you know, like a punk band to something else and um, really bringing us to our A game and uh, we would not be the same band without her. Um, Thomas was the uh, original um, drummer that I was with and the, the band that broke up before the World Champion show and then he was the drummer in the World Champion. So Thomas and I have been jamming together since um, 2014. Uh, he was just getting out of high school and um, he just recently got married on like last Friday and it's besides being the best drummer in town and I'll fight anyone that says anything else. Um, <laughs> I appreciate, I don't know, his friendship and that he's been around um, in my life for so long. And um, Andrea's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, Andrea, um, you know, Andrea's been around longer than Thomas. Andrea didn't, um, uh, she didn't know how to play bass. She was the, you know, she's the manager. She does indescribable amounts of work for this band. I, I can't even begin to go into it. And um, she's also married to me, and I don't know how she does that. So, uh, you know, um, I really do feel like I have the best bandmates in the entire world, and I could, I could spend the rest of the interview just talking about them. <laughs> Everybody really does seem incredible and stuff. And um, I kind of just get the impression off of like everything I've seen out there that y'all have that you're really tight. You're a great group of friends too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We call it the ABC family. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds mega cute. ABC already sounded cute. But then when you added that, I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just a really fun time. We try to create a great atmosphere, and then we try to bring that to live shows and, and, and make, you know, the crowd involved with that, you know, with the crowd part of the ABC family. I love that. That's so special. Um, so earlier, you kind of talked a little bit about being a little bit of a, um, being kind of like the ringleader and stuff when it comes to, like, songwriting and everything being kind of put together. Um, walk me through a bit of like your songwriting process. How does how does that come together for you as a band? Um, so up until very recently, um, like for a new album that we're working on, um, I, with a few exceptions, uh, would write the songs um, just kind of myself, an acoustic guitar, and the vocals. And um, then I would take them to the, the band members and work on the individual parts. Kind of, you know, saying, this is what I'm looking for. I'll either like, sing them a melody or explain a concept or give them like very vague words to go with. And um, they'll do, do their best to try to um, bring into realization what I'm, what I'm thinking of. And then we'll have a back and forth um, ultimately settling on a part we both like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's how we've kind of done things since the very first ABC songs release. Um, the EP or the LP or whatever we're gonna release um, that we're working on right now uh, kind of changes that. Um, Andrea has a song that she completely wrote. You know, she completely wrote the, um, the lyrics and all the melody and the song structure and um, I'm really excited for that one because I love it. Um, it's called Alien Bitch Club and it's just <laughs> fantastic. Um, and um, uh, Amber has another, has a song that she did the same thing with. She wrote it. Um, we have like this emo incel opera parody album thing that we're working on um, that uh, uh, Thomas wrote a, a lot of the songs for it. So um, it's really started to change where I, I still feel I'm just giving away a lot of the duties that I felt like I, I had to keep on to because like, mm. ah, I'm the leader, I gotta write all the songs and everything. But like I was talking about before, I have the best bandmates and I, I part of that includes their compositional talents. And so mm -hmm. now their compositions are part of, of this vision that I have and that just makes us a stronger band. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, it, it seems like, at least from my perspective, everybody's kind of got that same shared vision now. And you're all kind of like able to just kind of be in sync in that way. Mm -hmm. Or we're really high minded at this point. <laughs> That's awesome. I love to hear that. Um, so tell me a little bit about, and I'm not even having fun anymore. Like, uh, how did you approach that specific EP? Um, it was supposed to be an LP. Uh, it was supposed to be a full length. Um, and we had probably half the drum tracks recorded. We recorded like at our house. Mm -hmm. um, and then and then COVID happened. And we're like, well, I really don't think that, you know, recording this whole thing is a good idea anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so let's just take three songs that are close to being done and um, kind of go together and release it as an EP. Um, so those are the ones we picked and then we kind of just finished them, um, sometimes remotely and then sometimes sneaking, you know, one-on-one -on -one recording sessions. Um, the title we kind of decided on from, uh, you know, just being in a band can suck sometimes. You know, being on tour is, is one of the most fun things in the world. And then it also like makes you crazy and uh, it's not fun at all, you know? <laughs> um, so I was really thinking about that, that, that phrase because I've heard, you know, pretty much everyone who's ever been in a band has probably uttered that phrase. Mm -hmm. um, and then we were talking to someone in the scene whose uh, band was breaking up um, and, and they said, and I'm not even having fun anymore, like that exact quote. And I was like, okay. Uh, it has to be the title of it now. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I landed. But it's a lie. We're all having a, a blast except for this whole COVID thing. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. It's interesting because I feel like whenever you have this kind of like collaboration, excitement to be around each other and great relationships and stuff, you kind of are able to counteract that whole sentiment of, and I'm not even having fun anymore because you know, you have that right chemistry and excitement and love for what you're doing and, of course, each other. So that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. That's so cool. Um, I feel like this EP allows, in particular, like the saxophones, the horns, the just like the woodwinds in general, just to really shine on this EP. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of helped motivate and drive that decision to like really just go all in on that? Um, you know, I think that's one of the things that we could thank to coronavirus a little mm -hmm. bit is that because we weren't thinking, how are we going to perform this live? We were thinking, how can we make this just as crazy as possible and as extra and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so stuff like the flute and, um, Escape from New York and the, the, the mariachi trumpets and, and Jimmy Butler. Those were like, um, you know, conscious efforts to make something that we, we couldn't do live. Mm -hmm. 
That's so cool because it lets you almost have two very separate and special experiences, the recorded version and the live version. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, we, we just, especially not being able to record live, there was just no way we were going to replicate the live version. And so we kind of just recorded, you know, the layers that we play live mm -hmm. and, you know, mix it all and make it sound kind of like a live performance. But it's not going to sound live. And so we needed to, you know, use the studio as an instrument. And um, I think, I think it was ultimately a good thing because um, Allison is just a really, really, really talented multi-instrumentalist. Um, she hadn't played trumpet in like seven or eight years or anything. And I was like, play this trumpet, mariachi it up. And uh, just so cool. <laughs> That's amazing. What a gift to have in a band too, to be able to tap into somebody's talent reservoir of like, oh yeah, I can play like all of these instruments. Let's see where we can fill these songs truly. Mm -hmm. It's like a color palette and I just got like three <laughs> new colors and <laughs> I got to have fun with that. <laughs> That's so special. I love that. And I feel like you did that 100% with like every song on this EP because it's like, John Carpenter's Escape from New York. I loved it immediately for like those kind of like wide noodly guitars that mm -hmm. are throughout the song. And it feels like there's just so much creativity there, like sonically and lyrically. Can you talk a little bit about that one? Um, yeah. So uh, that one was originally called Fanboy. And I had, I called it, <laughs> I, I don't know, I might talk about this, but. I called it fanboy uh, back when I was like at the very early part of my transition, mm -hmm. and I was like really toying around with the, the 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 boy with the eye spelling, you know. Like the, I feel like a lot of like very early on, like haven't really decided, you know, made the, the choice to transition. Um, people <laughs> get to this point, and um, so that was a song about how much I loved Frank Zappa. Because uh, I stole all those that chord progression from one of his songs. Mm. Um, ultimately, I decided I don't really like that name at all. So I was like, I need something new. And it was like the day before we were supposed to send it. And um, I was like, I think we have another song called John Carpenter's uh, The Thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I feel like that song needs a sequel. Um, <laughs> so we watched another John Carpenter movie and I wrote the lyrics in like a day. and and we got it all signed up. I love that. I love that also desire to just kind of keep, um, keep kind of playing with sound and also like playing with even like the name of the song too. That's, mm -hmm. that's so neat to me. I feel like that's um, maybe part of the character of your band too is how you just kind of keep um, enhancing things until you get it exactly how you like. Yeah, I think that's definitely a big character that's amazing. Um, so uh, with Pathetic, that was another track that just like stuck the heck out to me because like I love that guitar and sax breakdown. The way that those just like dance with and around each other is just fantastic. And mm -hmm. between that and like the, the flute kind of emphasis, I feel like that's dotted in there. Wow, that's fantastic. How did you write that one? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I actually it was the like the first part, the like do 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 is uh, again based off of Frank Zappa riff. Um, ah. If you listen to Frank Zappa's music, I'm really not all that great. It really breaks the illusion. Um, <laughs> but he has a song called Downtown Talent Scout, um, which is a really obscure song, and so I kind of just took the riff and like put a little swing on it, mm. and then I was you know just tried to add something one more thing after another the middle part was um co-written with uh amber our guitarist mm -hmm. when we were we were like there's this band in town called uh lap dogs and they're like just like one of the coolest bands i've ever seen and all their songs just made me wish like damn it i wish i wrote that song mm -hmm. and um so we're like how this is like steal like a little lap dogs part and so we kind of just did our version of it um, just cause I feel like local music should inspire local music and you shouldn't be shy about where those inspirations are coming from. So thank you, Lock Dogs. <laughs>
Definitely. And it's so cool that you're able to draw so much influence from like your local community and stuff, because I feel like in that sense, you may inspire somebody else in your scene to like play with things that you've accomplished in your music too. And it's a very nice ecosystem to be in. Mm -hmm. That's a good word to describe an ecosystem. Yeah, that's so, I love that. Um, So I'm kind of curious from your perspective, what's something you really want your listeners to get out of and I'm not even having fun anymore. Um, I, I want the idea of a new sound to kind of be um, introduced to people. Mm. I think that's the real, the big thing that I love about this EP um, is that I really strongly feel like we we came up with a new sound. There's obvious influences. It's it's at the end of the day, it's guitar rock music, mm-hmm. but. Um, the more you listen to it, the more it, it, it feels not like that. And so I'd like, I guess, for people to, um, you know, open their mind to a, maybe a new, new, different approach to uh, rock and punk. I love that. Um, so I got to ask, I know it's hard to pick between your three children, but for each of you, what is your favorite song? on the CP and what do you love about it? Hmm. That is tough. (laughs) They all kind of like, I feel like if you'd asked me that before we started recording them, I would have had a clear favorite, but like by the time we finished them all, they all had such cool, unique things about them. Damn, that's awesome. Um, but I think maybe John Carpenter's Escape from New York. I think <laughs> that one drove me crazy to record the vocals on, <laughs> especially getting the lyrics the day of. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know, it just turned out to be so cool. Like it turned out so much more than what fanboy was and it just evolves so much as a song that I just really like it now um I think I'm gonna say pathetic I think going into it I would have said pathetic and then I changed my answer like a million times and now I'm going back to pathetic um I just think it's a really different song um I, I, I don't know, tried really hard to make something that I, I could hear in my head, but really, really couldn't hear from anyone else. Um, and I feel it comes across best in that song. So I'd say that's my favorite. I love that. Um, you were able to accomplish so much with these songs, I feel like, especially because you were able to kind of finish up recording in the middle of the pandemic and turn it into something that's like so special. Um, What's something you feel like you learned about either yourself as a person or as a musician throughout this entire process? Um, I feel like I zoned out for a lot of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like, I don't know, my job's been crazy and I'm just kind of like, okay, I have to get this done. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know, I I feel like we really just, like, learned what kind of level we can take our music to. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, recording that extra percussion and stuff was something we'd only really done on one song before, um, the one that we released right before this. Mm -hmm. And, um... I don't know. It just is. It's really cool to see, you know, how much more we can do every time we record. Just keep leveling up. <laughs> yeah, level up. Uh, yeah, I gotta agree with that. Like, is um, I guess we learn, you know, um, how far we can push ourselves. Um, especially with um, like Allison learning these different instruments, and Meek um, before this only used like uh, one synthesizer. And on this, I think he used four or five synthesizers. Oh, wow. Um, you know, Amber has 
guitar parts that I can even dream about playing on it. And uh, also, um, Jimmy Butler, like the, the slide part before the vocals come in, and then when it gets repeated halfway through the song, she plays this like slide solo almost. Mm -hmm. And it sounded really cool. And then at the very last minute, I'm like, wait, throw this delay pedal in there and just like randomly hit the delay pedal at like a high oscillation. And so it's really cool. And she's like, I have, I have no idea how to do this, but we'll try. And she did it perfectly, and that those slide solos are some of my favorite parts of the album. So just another moment where, you know, someone got pushed to a new level mm -hmm. because of this EP. That's so cool. Well, it's always great to me whenever musicians are able to like really challenge themselves and reach their next point in potential when it comes to music. And I think that's what keeps it challenging and interesting and probably fun for you too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lots of fun. There's nothing more satisfying than like. You know, and hearing trumpet in our music, mm -hmm. just cause, just cause we said trumpet time. <laughs> and, um, it's it's really satisfying, and you know, I, I I think I'll just stop making music if I ever decide to make it the same way. Yeah, that's that's interesting because like um, I think that desire to be creative in particular and just keep pushing. Uh, Musical boundaries in particular is what just keeps music interesting. And, you know, that's something that your band is definitely accomplishing here in the CP. And I cannot wait to hear what an LP for you sounds like. Thank you so much. That really does mean a lot. Definitely. Um, so you mentioned, of course, that you're working on this LP um, this year and stuff. What else are you kind of up to? And um, do you have a timeline for that LP? <laughs> um... <laughs> Timeline? Not really. Uh, we we are working on it. We're about, I'd say, only like 25% done with the tracking of it. So okay. it's still pretty early out long. Um, we are working on some other little projects. Um, I wouldn't, I would maybe unofficial EPs is a good way to look at it. Okay. I don't really know how many there are going to be or like what their contents are. Um, one of them that we're pretty close to finishing is uh, this parody album that um i've been working on um and that that will be weird but it's really <laughs> good it's really good and it's really funny um it's just kind of a joke taken way 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 too far <laughs> which is what i think emo music is kind of yeah and for sure <laughs> I, I really just want to with that that this parody album really make fun of the the, the misogyny and uh, just the overall shittiness um, that's in a lot of emo music, even though I really am a fan of a lot of emo music. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of it is just whiny guys talking about why girls don't suck their dick. And like, <laughs> I hate that so much. Agree. I need to make fun <laughs> of it. Yeah. It's <laughs> like in, in musical form. I love it. That'll probably be very therapeutic for people like us, honestly, because yeah. that shit can get so exhausting. And I I can't tell you how many times just even scrolling through social media, you see band accounts talking about that shit again. And I'm just like, oh, another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just, uh, I'm really excited for that because, um, I don't know, Alien Book Club, like the our traditional music, I haven't really, you know, gotten, I don't know, feisty mm -hmm. with anyone yet, I feel like, or feisty enough. And, um, you know, this, it's called Why Don't Girls Want to Suck My Dick Act 3. And, <laughs> and um, I feel like it's, it's really, you know, a call out mm -hmm. is what it is. You know, a band like Jank, I feel like, is a, is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Like, this emo band that blows up, and then what do you know? You know, he, he's an abuser, and um, you listen to his music, and he's just complaining about why girls don't like him. And, and, and I feel like that mentality and that kind of thinking is what causes a lot of people to do shitty things. And mm -hmm. making that music is, is borderline, like, immoral yeah it but it doesn't have a problem with like the actual like notes themselves it has a problem to do with the words so mm -hmm. it's like this kind of traditional emo album trying to make like a really good emo album but 
but the words are, are, are there to make fun fans like Jank to a, a really, really cheap, sarcastic degree. I love it. I feel like I'm going to have so much fun with this. So please, <laughs> please, please tag me in everything whenever this comes out. Cause I think I'm going to have a lot of fun with that release. <laughs> Absolutely. will do. I love it. I love it. Um, so I know that this is kind of a weird year to be looking ahead into, but like, what are some of your goals as a band maybe in general, or maybe in looking into the future? Like what are some things you want to be able to do? Um, definitely tour more often. Um, we went on our first tour back in January. Mm -hmm. um, we went to the South and um, it was such an amazing experience for so many reasons. And um, I feel like it just really caused us to grow a lot as a band and grow as people. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I want to be doing. We are on the road for like 15 days and then we have like a second four day tour. And by the end of it, we were like, okay, so here's our 80 date tour lineup. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, you know, I'm so glad we didn't do all the work for that, but it all be canceled right now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, ultimately, when, when the world gets back to normal, whenever that may happen, um, that's what I want to be doing. It's just shows every night. <laughs> I love that. I hope, I hope that's nearer in the future than further for sure. Cause yeah. I miss that. And since you've toured the South, you need to come further South in Florida, please. I'd love to oh, see you. Gosh. Yes. Where in Florida are you? I'm in St. Pete. So I'm like 20 minutes from Tampa, about an hour or so from Orlando. Oh, sweet. Yeah, no, we, uh, we, we've had people say, come to Florida and mm. we really, really want to come to Florida. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> We have so many great cities with scenes that will be so stoked to see you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll hype you up down here in the meantime. Well, I, yeah, I love Florida. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, so one of the questions I always like to ask my guests at the end of an interview is if you could play a show with any three bands, they can be currently active or bring them back from the dead, who would it be? And you can each pick three. Okay. All right. <laughs> You, you want me to go first? Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I gotta say Frank Zappa. It would make <laughs> me feel like a terrible musician, but I gotta say it. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, King Crimson. Um, and... <laughs> I don't know. You say your first two now, Andrea. I'll think of a the third. The problem is that we have the same first two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love nothing more than to play with Zappa and King Crimson, but I'd also just feel so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Zappa, King Crimson, and Weeb to really yeah. round out the night. Oh my god, yes. Um, and it'd just be a night of frog and humor. And weirdness. And, and strangeness. <laughs> Are we, gonna, are we gonna both go with that? Yeah, that's like perfect. <laughs> I love it. What an awesome set. I feel like this would be such a fun gig. And yeah, I love it. What a good, what a good series of choices. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so, so much for joining and sharing all of this with me and listeners. Um, where can everybody keep up with Alien Book Club on the internet? Um, we're Alien B Club on Twitter, uh, Alien Book Club Band. Band on Instagram, Alien Book Club on Facebook. We're also on Spotify, um, Bandcamp, Apple Music, YouTube. Uh, YouTube. We just had a music video that we released uh, a couple for days pathetic. ago for Pathetic um, that you can check out on YouTube. It's our only video. <laughs> videos of us on YouTube though if you want to go exploring. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to. If there's any live shows of y'all, I'm gonna have to like check that out. Keep oh, me yeah, tied over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely gonna look that up. Well thanks y'all. It was so much fun chatting with you. Yeah, thank you. It's really fun chatting with you.
Thank you so much to Anita and Andrea for joining and for sharing their stories of their band. Be sure to stream their new EP, and I'm not even having fun anymore. You've heard a lot of the songs on it on this episode. Aren't they great? Be sure to check it out and support. This band is incredible. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion online. Find episodes, links, articles, and more at angrygirlmusic.com. Get in touch with me through email at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at, at angrygirlmusic. If you're interested in being a guest on the pod, reach out and let's chat about what you're working on. Pledge your support for Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion on Patreon at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Special thanks to our monthly patrons Molly O'Malley, Kendra Mamula, Carly Commando, John Kitsy Kitzmiller, and Sam Zarowitz. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Stay angry and stay engaged. Bye for now.